0: with Wings Productions, with the support of Whimsical Productions and Collected Sounds presents Episode 17 of The Skylark Bell. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In our last episode, a mysterious feather-shaped key appeared in the picnic basket where Magpie had placed a blackberry which, earlier that day, had been dropped in her lap by a bird and Scarlet seemed to have a hand in causing Magpie to add to her sketchbook, while still completely asleep. In today's episode, we continue our adventure with Chapter 17, Hidden in the Archives, where Magpie and Lucas dig through the archives at the local library in an attempt to find out what happened to the Carnifex family. It's that wonderful time. Grab a blanket and a warm drink. We're getting started. Sorry if I was short on the phone last night, says Lucas as they make their way toward town. Don't worry about it, I understand, says Magpie nonchalantly. Lucas looks like he's about to say something more, but his lips press together and he keeps walking in silence. I hope we can find out some information about Charlotte Carnifex and the terrible winter she mentioned in her letter, says Magpie, breaking the silence. Me too. I wonder what happened to her and her family, where they ended up, says Lucas, his tone far more relaxed. They stride up the long tree-lined path to the library doors, the lawn where they had a picnic the previous day stretching to their left. Lucas and Magpie enter through the ornate double doors. The stained glass windows above reflecting a multitude of colors on the entryway tile as they make their way to the librarian's desk. "'Excuse me, where can we find newspaper archives from about a hundred years ago?' Lucas asks the librarian in a hushed voice. "'Oh dear, I'm afraid most of those were lost when the old library burned down.' You're welcome to take a look at what's left, and we do carry a few books about the history of Pocket if you would like to look at those, she says. Lucas and Magpie exchange a brief look of frustration before nodding at her. She guides them to a small, narrow shelf at the back of the library. There, they find about a dozen books relating to Pocket most of them about some of its more notable inhabitants, like the original members of the Bunting family who opened the general store, and the Swift family who originally founded the school. "'I had no idea Mr. Swift was related to the people who opened the school,' says Lucas, surprised. "'Well, you said yourself they've been here for generations,' says Magpie playfully." I'm going to take a look at what's left of the archives, she adds, walking to a small nook in the corner of the library. They spend hours scanning through books and old newspapers. There are very few newspapers from before the fire, and the only thing of interest Magpie finds is a short article about the disappearance of Marius Corbeau. But it doesn't mention anything she doesn't already know. That his horse, Cormorant was found wandering near the road, but that Marius himself was nowhere to be found and hadn't been seen or heard from since. Magpie is about to give up on their research when Lucas finally waves at her to come look over his shoulder. I found something, he whispers excitedly as she gets closer. He points to a badly yellowing page in a small, crinkled book that had been tucked in the back corner of the shelf. "'Magpie silently reads through the first few paragraphs. "'Wow, this says the winter of 1925 was the worst on record "'and that several people died from the cold. "'That's the same year Charlotte Carnifex wrote the letter,' she says, "'looking up from the page. "'And look here. "'It mentions that old house near the barn,' says Lucas, pointing. "'The family was trying to keep warm with candles, and their house caught fire.' It says the father initially made it out, but ran back inside to try and save the family dog and never returned. Oh, how horrific, she exclaims. Did you read the part about how several families left the area? It also says several homes were broken into by people passing through town. They must have known they'd never get caught, he says with disgust. Edward Carnifex was right. Good thing he sealed up the door to the attic, he adds. No wonder the people of Pocket are so weary of strangers, says Magpie. Does it say anything about the Carnifex family specifically? Lucas reads on for a few more pages, then looks up at her, shaking his head. No, it does mention them briefly as the original owners of the farmhouse where you live, and it lists them with the people who left town that winter, but then it's like they fell off the face of the earth. Lucas flips through the pages with his thumb and stops a few chapters further. Here's a list of homeowners throughout the years for most of the surrounding farms. It looks like almost all of them have been in the same family for generations. But yours, for some reason... His brow furrows, and he leans closer to the book, squinting. It isn't listed. Isn't that strange, he asks, looking up at her. Magpie shrugs. Maybe because it's on the outskirts of town. No one has ever paid much attention to it. It's like it doesn't belong, she says, looking down at her feet. Is that how you feel, he asks, looking at her intently. Well, it's how I would feel if I didn't have you, she answers, looking up to meet his gaze. Well, I'm glad you're here, he says, smiling at her warmly. The library will be closing in five minutes, warns the librarian, the sound of her voice making them jump. They have been so engrossed in their research, neither one of them has noticed the darkening sky through the stained glass of the library windows. They quickly gather their things and head out. As they walk down the main street, Magpie feels like something is off, but she can't quite put her finger on it. The wind whips up and swirls a few leaves around her feet. Summer is definitely coming to an end. It is now completely dark outside, and the streetlights are flickering. As they walk by the park, magpie hears the swing squeaking loudly back and forth, blown by the breeze. <laughs> They should really fix those. They're so loud, says Lucas, as if reading her mind. Magpie looks up at him, grateful they have been able to spend so much time together this summer. Once they reach Lucas's driveway, they wish one another good night and part ways. Magpie walks the rest of the way home, smiling. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for the fifth installment of Phantom Friday, where we'll tell a story from Amy, host of the podcast Collected Sounds, who has been experiencing inexplicable events that she has dubbed glitches. Then, the following week, we'll continue our adventure and read Chapter 18 of Meadow Lane and the Skylark Bell, where we finally learn what it was Magpie drew in her sketchbook while she was sleepwalking. Before I go, I'd like to thank Phaeton Starling Publishing for this fantastically eerie story and Canel for composing equally fantastic and eerie music for this podcast.